Probably the best thing that would come out of this experience is me learning what people go through uh, in the workforce in this position. He's gonna so follow you, you're training okay. me. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Follow her around and she's going to introduce you as, oh, this is our new way to raise. Okay. He's going to service you tonight or okay. whatever the deal is. This is our menu. menu. So i got to memorize this whole thing. Yes, kind okay. of, sort of. What is the hardest thing on here? Oh, I'm sorry? What is the hardest thing on here? Like the, the most difficult thing? The hardest thing to memorize? Like if they say, oh, so what's in this? I think we sometimes forget that waiters, customer service, auto mechanics, People in general are human beings. We're planning to give exceptional service tonight. Perfect. Right? Yes, exceptional. Okay. And what I want to get out of this is for all of us to learn that we need to love each other even in tough situations. You got menus? Yes. Yeah. I got them. Don't forget to get the menus first. Got them. Yeah. Training. That was all good. Thank you. Yeah. Always ask them, well, how, um, can I help you? Okay. Or eating here? Just to acknowledge them is the most important thing too. Hey, thank you. <laughs> JT is the utensiler. Okay. So usually we we'll okay. take their order and then you give them the utensils. Okay. And then if it gets really busy, then you tell, hey JT, can you utensil my table? Can you utensil my table? Yeah. You know, I think every which way for Nori's here, everybody was on their toes and they were waiting for him to come down and we were looking forward to this. Hi Tita, how are you? Good. Nice to meet you. Yeah, I can do that. Thank I'll finish that thank one. Thank you. Okay. Coming right through. Oh, Sorry, thank you, thank you. No, that's okay. So, small wonton men, cowboy ribs, kimchi, fried salmon. Right? Okay. Thank you. Are you sure? I'm absolutely positively sure. Why, does that sound not right? That's right. Why are you guessing me? <laughs> Make me panic. That everybody should work in a service industry business. Sweating. Go ahead, Tita. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. But yeah, in, in any um, customer service, a mechanic, you know, sometimes you forget there are people too. And both sides. You know, I shouldn't be treating you bad because I'm having a good day. I mean, a bad day. So I shouldn't take it out on my customers. So we're just trying to go back to how we treat people. I have to, uh, I have to constantly think of others. Uh, my ear is sore because of this wig. It's in pain because of that thing and pressing it. I don't wear a hat, so my head is being s squeezed. Sweat is dripping down my body. It's like gross, and uh, you know. But and you're trying to be, be presentable, so I have to constantly think of others. So I, I don't want to move around too quick, otherwise I'm sweating. And then when I come to give them their food, if I'm like sweaty and all, you know, messy, then it's not presentable. So I had to constantly think of others. I had to constantly think of my coworkers. Constantly think about the customers. Constantly think about the boss. And am I am I doing a good job for the company? So yeah, it's constantly on my mind. How can I do better for others? How can I do better? Thank you, Tita. Hey, thank you for your teamwork. Appreciate that. Yeah. Hey, welcome to Nori. Okay. I'll do the water. You do the water. Okay. I'll take where food. does this go? Okay. That is table 18. All right. Yeah. Oh, my coworkers was the best. They were so good. They backed me up. They they helped. They understood that I didn't know what I was doing. They also helped me with my handwriting because my handwriting was like chicken scratch. And then um, they kept teaching me over and over and then encouraged me when I did something good. No, and you know, he's so appreciative, you know, so that's all you want. It's common consideration. You know, we, we lack that now. So when people are very uh, kind or understanding or they're considerate, you feel good, right? I think the hardest part about thinking of others is 
their response. Because I could say, hey, good job. And if they're like, okay, or they don't acknowledge it because they're busy, you can get discouraged thinking, no sense encourage people because they're not acknowledging it or it's just bouncing off. Um, it's not affecting them, but it is affecting them. It's just that they're busy right now. But what I realized is I encouraged people or encouraged my coworkers not necessarily so that they, ha they give me a reaction, but so that I can just keep encouraging them because I don't know if that's do if I don't know if they're going through something and even just a small tiny bit of encouragement it might help them through what they're going through so it was I just kept doing that and then tried to keep the atmosphere and the uh, the morality up <laughs> boy that was fun So this morning, we're going to be talking about thinking about others. And it's in our nature, actually, not to think about others. So it takes a lot out of us to think about other people. You can take out your notes, and it'll help you to follow along. As you read the scriptures with us, and as you, whatever that was up there, whenever you read a scripture, sometimes a certain word will pop out. And if you have a pen, just underline it. Today, let's take some good notes, as especially to put down some good thoughts. The series that we're in called One Thought is so that we can develop one thought. And maybe today you have one thought that you would like to say to someone or yourself that maybe throughout this service today, God would speak one thought to you. And maybe it's a thought of, well, you need to get better at this, or I need to keep thinking this through so that I can think about others. Whatever it would be, God will speak it, and then you write it down. The Bible tells us that God is always concerned, not just about us as believers, but about every single person on this planet. That he's also concerned about the people you don't like. He loves the people you don't get along with. He died for the people that you would never die for. You're thinking, I don't want to die for that person. That person is hard to get along with. God loves them too. God loves your coworkers that you have a hard time dealing with. He even loves those family members that you don't like to be around, especially during this holiday season. You dread those times being together. But God says, I love them even still. And because of that, God wants us to think about others. But what does that look like? And how do we get there? Why is it important for us to think about others? Why can't we just think of ourselves and the people that are closest to us. Why, why can't we be like that? Well, God has a reason for everything. Some time ago, we were at uh, Saddleback Church in California, if you know of Pastor Rick Warren, and we were there for a conference. Some of our staff uh, were there. And at the end of the talk, you know, he has a, it was a conference time, so at the end of his talk, you could go up front and meet him and then talk with him. Well, the line was super long, and I just wanted to take a picture and ask him one question, just a leadership question. But th because the line was so long, I thought, I'm not, I don't want to wait that long. Well, I kind of watched for a little while, and there was a group of people talking who was next in line, and they weren't paying attention. So I looked at Pastor Rick Warren. He looked at me, gave me the kind of the go-ahead of just hurry up, get over here. So I came up to him, gave Tom Krieger, who's on our staff, gave him the camera and said, Tom, take a picture real quick. Hurry up, go. And he took the picture. And then, uh, and then I asked him a question. I was done, 30 seconds. And then I was, as I was leaving, I told the group, I said, okay, you guys can go because 
you know, no one else is going. Hurry up and go. So basically, I cut. <laughs> On the way out, as I'm looking at the picture, uh, because I wanted to see myself, just being honest, we, we, that's what we do. We take pictures of the group and say, let me see. You don't look at anyone else. You just look at you. Okay, I look good. Post it. Cling. So I wanted to see what the picture looked like. And then it's like the Lord said to me, why didn't you have Tom come in the picture? I said, what do you mean? It, it wasn't for him. It was for me and Pastor Rick Warren. And it's like the Lord said, yeah, but why, why didn't you include him? And my honest answer was, because I didn't think about him. I didn't. That's why the, most, the, the pictures that are posted the most on Instagram and Facebook aren't called others. <laughs> it's not. It's not called others. It's called what? Did you know that people die more of selfies than shark attacks? It's a proven fact. More people died last year. 12 people died of taking selfies while driving than people died from shark, shark attacks. It's just a, a wake-up call that don't take selfies when you're driving. It's that dangerous. But we do that because we think of ourselves. We think of ourselves more than we think of anyone else. That's why you watch the next time you go to a party or even dinner. See who goes in the line first. You got to force yourself not to. Now, I normally won't go in line because I want to set a good example of how Jesus said, no, let them go first. And, but I'm dying on the inside. It looks pleasant on the outside. Like, no, everybody, please go. Go first. Go first. And, but really on the inside, I'm like, can you guys hurry? I'm hungry. I'm going to go last. So hurry up. I'll say that to my family because they know me well. No sense play pastor, right? I'll just say, can you guys hurry up and eat? I'm hungry. I want to go last because I want to set an example. But the heart isn't there. So I got to change my heart. In fact, let's look at our first scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And let's read this together. Ready? Go. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but get, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. This past week, we heard of the shooting in Oregon and how this one man, a military man, Chris Mintz, uh, Chris Mintz I think, uh, ran towards the gunfire. Why? Because he was thinking about everyone else but himself. And I thought, that's the kind of heart I want to have. I want to have that kind of heart that thinks about other people. In fact, we're going to take a moment and pause and just pray for those who have been affected as well as for their community. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we're so uh, saddened by what has taken place in Oregon. And we pray right now for the family members, their community, and all those who were affected by this uh, tragic situation. We pray that the light of Christ would continue to shine, that whenever darkness is trying to prevail, it's an indication that we still need to shine brightly as God's people. And so I pray for courage for the people that are there, as well as for us in our community, Lord. People need Jesus, and we can be beacon lights that point people back to you. We pray this in your name, Lord. Amen. Thank you for doing that. Philippians 2.3, it tells us, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. 
thinking of others as better than yourselves. See, when God says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, don't copy the customs and behaviors of the world. What he's saying is you're, you're copying the customs so you're transforming yourself into the ways of the world, but if you want to be different, you got to change the way you think. You actually have to start thinking differently. That's what this series is about, that one thought. i got to think differently. I can't copy the behaviors of the world or the customs of the world. That, that word means to conform oneself or your mind and your character to that of someone else or to fashion yourself to something else. It's like when God fashioned us, he fashioned us in his image. He created us in his image. But because we grow up in this world, we've now conformed ourselves or refashioned ourselves to behave like the world. And the Lord is saying, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. You don't behave like the world. You behave like me. You're created in my image. We've learned in this world to think of self rather than others. Thinking of ourselves is, is kind of like uh, we, we just want it how we want it, when we want it, and we shut everybody else out. When we, when we think or when we change our minds for the better, then our minds continue to change for the better. In other words, it's like, uh, you know when you oil a chain, let's just say a bike, a chain is just stuck, and you keep putting oil, and you keep loosening the, ch the, the chain, after a while, it begins to do what it was supposed to do. When you crank that, that pedal and the chain moves the tire, you keep adding oil so that it does what it's supposed to do. When you keep changing your mind for the good, it's like oiling the brain. And then it becomes and reacts and thinks how it was intended to react and think. And that is the way of Jesus Christ. The way God designed us is supposed to be after him. It's in his image. So I, I thought I'd give you a, a kind of a, a picture illustration when you're, when you're not thinking of others. When you're not thinking of others, this is what you do. <laughs> thinking of others is changing the toilet paper roll when this happens. When you're done, you change this. But when you're not thinking of others, you look at this and say, hey, that should be enough. That should be enough. And then the next person comes in, they're like, you got to be kidding me. And then you can't go anyplace else because, you know, you're, you're kind of stuck there. So then you're like, how creative can I be with this thing? So, so think of others, change a toilet paper roll. Let's pray and we're dismissed. We can go home with that. Here's some things that will help. Here's the first thing if you want to write this in. Develop a patient spirit. Well, what does patience have to do with others? Well, we're normally impatient, not with ourselves. It's with others. The person driving in front of you, that is slow. You're impatient because of them or because you're late. Maybe you're impatient with someone at the register because it's like, 
only had two people in this line. The other line had 15, and they're quicker than you. And so you're thinking like that. You're like, well, how in the world did this happen? And then you're waiting and waiting, and then, okay, now it's my turn. And then the lady puts out coupons, or the guy puts out coupons, or has to write a check, or the check doesn't go through, or the credit card is not working well. And you're thinking, I came to the shortest line possible. And how, how can this be? Every time I go into this line, the line I think is going to be shorter, it takes me forever. And then your husband is like, I told you go in line 15. You never like listen. So we are impatient just, as, just because of other people. But if we become patient with others, it changes the whole situation. Now, why should we be patient with other people? Well, because God is patient with us. If you want to learn about patience, go to God. See, we're, you know, as, if you're a grandparent, isn't it true that as a grandparent, you're more patient with your grandchildren than you were with your own children? Like with your own children, they break something, they're grounded, or they got to buy it. But your grandchildren break something, it's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. That vase was only 150 years old. Mommy and daddy can pay for it. No problem. <laughs> We're different with our grandchildren. We're so much more patient with them. Let's read what 2 Peter 3, 9 says. It says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is what? patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You know what that word repentance means? It means to change the way you think. It means to change your mind. It's the same word that is used in the book of Romans. So what Peter is saying, the the apostle Peter, because he walked with Jesus, he's saying, listen, I got it. I, I understand now. God is not slow about his promises, as some understand slowness. No, he's patient towards you and I because his desire is that none shall perish his desire is that no one should be destroyed but that everyone have this this revelation to change the way they think see when we're patient with people it's like we have a long fuse and when you have a long fuse it just limits abuse and then when you're with people you don't tear them apart you build them up you lift them up you encourage them Being patient towards others, it benefits you as well as the other people. It impacts them. And the result is that the situation or whatever it would be, it it changes because you did one thing different, and it was changing the way you thought about other people. It was being patient with other people. There's one thing that I'm learning, and and husbands, you got to help me on this because I think we may all struggle with this. A study says women speak twice as much as men. Okay, I I know we can argue and say it's because men don't listen, so they got to repeat themselves. That may be the case. However, men aren't really talkers. Like women, when you get together, you can talk for days. Men get together, we go fish because you don't need to talk. That's why men love going to the movies because they don't need, you, you don't talk in the movies. That's why men love sitting down watching sports because you don't need to talk. But when you bring a husband who doesn't talk that much and a wife who loves to talk, you have conflict. And then if they Portuguese, then it, it kind of heightens a little bit more. So here's, here's what I'm working with. And I told Heidi this, so this is out in the open. And, you know, this is like counseling for me right now. So when, when I come home, Heidi will ask me, how's my day? And my day is excellent, good, it's unbelievable. I love it. 
seven seconds, ten seconds maybe. And then when I ask Heidi, so how was your day? And then she'll let me know how her day is going. And as, I, as she's saying it, my mind starts to drift. It just starts to drift. Not all the time, Heidi. Not all the time. Just once in a great, great, great while. And so as she's talking, she sees me drift. And then she'll say this. What did I just say? I'm like, I mean, what did you just say? Like now or the whole thing? What? what you, like what part? And I'm stalling. I'm like, come on. Come on, subconscious. Work with me. Say something. She said something. Just something anywhere near towards it. Something, maybe the subject. What was it? I said, oh, you're talking about your friends when, you know, when the, and the thing of the others. And she says, it's not even close. I wasn't... You weren't listening. I say, okay, I wasn't listening, but you're not summarizing. You're talking about the whole entire situation that took you half an hour. Your, your five-minute day took you half an hour. Just tell me in real time. It'll only take five minutes, but we're losing time, so you, you got to help me. And so she goes, no, that's okay. If you don't want to listen to me, then I don't need to talk. And by that time, it's like as a husband, you feel bad. I don't know where I'm going with this story. That's about it. That I'm stuck there. I, I don't know where else to go. Uh, I have problems in my marriage. I'm not a listener. So that's about it. I, uh, that's exactly where I am. So I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to pay attention. And I don't know if I have ADD or something, but I have a hard time paying attention. So this is what I'm trying to do now. I try to look at her in the eyes and when she says what she's saying, actually care about what she's speaking about. And so I'll listen. And so I tried that. Now here's the other problem. So when I did that and she's speaking, she goes, Do you even, are you even paying attention to what I'm saying? And seriously, I got lost in her eyes. I got lost. And I was like in la-la land. So I was just like, you know what, Heidi, you're just beautiful. I can't, I can't help it. When you're talking, I was just, I didn't even know what you said for the past half an hour, but we have a date night tonight. So I, I still got to work on that. I, I've noticed that I think of myself just too much. It's hot right now. I don't know. Is it, are the ACs on? I should just continue on. So here's an indication on if you're being patient with others. Here's, a, here's like a thermometer of how you're with others and if you're patient with others. It's how you respond in the given situation and how you're acting when you're impatient or when that situation is there. If you're driving and someone is in front of you actually driving the speed limit, they're driving the speed limit. Are you still impatient? It's just an indication of where our patience is. So just how God is with us, let's be like that with people. Let's develop a, a spirit that is patient, a patient spirit. And the only way we can do that is when we're connected with God. But also, here's the second thing. Here's how we think about others. Develop a heart for new people. What do you mean new people? I know everyone in my household. No, here, here's what I mean. There are new people around you. There are new people in your family, like a newborn. You're going to have new people in your family when someone gets married. There are, you now have in-laws. Or someone in your family, let's just say your daughter or your, your, your sibling, they're getting married. And maybe you don't like that person. Maybe you don't. 
Maybe they're sitting next to you right now. <laughs> don't, look next, don't look next to you. But maybe you now have two families that are coming together, and in the beginning, it's a little awkward or cordial. You just, you're trying to be nice. But the Lord is saying, you got to develop a heart for new people. Because when you have that heart, now you're thinking about them, not necessarily yourself. Or at work, you've been working there for 10, 15, 20 years. Here comes a new person and they have no idea what they're doing or they can't do the job good like you. And so you now start making them feel inferior rather than including them in and raising them up and encouraging them. And God says, you got you to gotta think about them, what they're going through. Well, that's their job. They're, you know, they're on their own. I tell you what's so good about you as volunteers being here. You know what you teach us here? That you think about others. Some time ago, we had uh, uh, some people just give us a heads up about our doors because this building is 23 years old. And so our, our door jams were being termite eaten. So they were becoming weak. Well, there was a volunteer who came up. His name is Bobby. And he came up to fix all these door jams, professionally done. He is, he's been doing that for years, 30, 40 years. I can't remember. So I said, hey, Tom, I want to meet Bobby. He said, sure. So here I come, and Bobby is working on these door jams. And I'm, I'm looking at this man. He's, he's about maybe 50-something years old, maybe 60 at the most. So I'm talking story with him, and he says, no, I love doing this. I love serving the Lord. Thank you for letting me come up here. I just want to do my very best for the Lord. And so I asked him, I said, can I just ask you your age? He says, yeah, I'm 69. I said, 69? He says, yeah. I said, I, I wouldn't have thought you were 69. You're like, you look like you're in your 50s. And he says, hey, I heard you love playing basketball. Let's go play. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> see, it's, it's a lose-lose situation for me. Because if I play with him and I do really good against him, why, why would I do that to my kupuna? But then on the other hand, if he beats me, oh, man, that's not good. So I got to stop thinking of myself and think about others. This man invited me. So why not? I didn't go yet because I got to think of strategy and skill. But I thought of this man. He comes up and he volunteers. Many of you, you volunteer. Why? Because you're not thinking of yourself. You're thinking, how can I serve the Lord? How can I serve people? I watch you. You're all over the place. You're in the kitchen. You're with the children. You're in the parking lot. You dedicate your time because you serve other people. It's amazing what you do. Rob is right here signing. I know you're hearing me say this. I'm sorry, Rob. But you're thinking of others. Can I, can I just try something? Sorry, Rob. I'm just going to ask, how are you? You're fine. Okay, so I'm going to try something. Have a nice day. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's all I know. So let's not have like conversation. But I'll see you later. Okay, tomorrow. And good morning. Okay. But he does that because he thinks of other people. Did you know that there are tons of people in our community that still have yet to come to know Jesus? That God is looking for people like you and I to think about new people. And they're always coming into this place. You don't have to be a staff member to help people. In fact, I'm going to give you a test right now. And I just want you to point. It's just a very easy test. I just want you to point, okay? And if you point in the wrong place, that's okay. You're going to learn today. But just a test. Point to 
where our sanctuary is. Where is it? Okay, good. Right here. This is the sanctuary. And there's a, it's, it's, it's biblical why we call it the sanctuary. Okay, where is the fellowship hall? Yeah, it's right in there. Okay, where is the children and youth wing? Where's that? Yeah, behind there. Good job. Where is the nursery? Yeah, right over here. Where is the prayer room? Okay, right over there. Where is the soundboard? <laughs> Everybody knows that. It's like sometimes, you, and you guys got to leave them alone, okay? Just give them, give them grace sometimes when, you know, we're dealing with sound and they're doing their very best because they're thinking of others. Okay, where is the green room? Some of you guys know that. It's actually behind here. That's where everybody gets ready uh, to serve the Lord. So you really don't need a position to help people because every week there are new people coming to church and they're asking those questions. Hey, where, do I, where do I go in? And you can help direct them. Where, where is, do you guys have anything for children? And then you can direct them. This is your church. This is who God called us to be. And when you see a new person, just welcome them. They might even ask you, do you you work here? Just say, yep, I work here. Oh, you may not get paid the way certain people do, but you get paid in another way. But it's all connected to the same source. God is the provider. And so when you welcome new people because God is sending them, just love on them, welcome them in. And you'll see what God does with that. Develop that heart for new people. In the book of Acts, this man, uh, Ananias, he, uh, he was given instruction by the Lord to greet a man by the name of Saul. Now, Saul was a Pharisee. He was a religious leader who didn't believe in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ died on the cross and then rose from the grave and ascended into heaven. Well, Saul is looking for people who believes in Jesus and he's throwing them in prison and then putting some of them to death. Well, Saul gets converted. His life changes because he comes into contact with Jesus Christ. His life is changed forever. And now Jesus says, I need you to go to a certain place because I'm going to use you as an instrument for me. Well, this guy Ananias is praying and God says, hey, there's going to come a guy. His name is Saul. I want you to pray for him. And Ananias says, wait, hey, hang on. Is this the same Saul that was like destroying the church and, and, and persecuting the church and, and even putting some to death? And God says, yes. However, he's now, being my, he's now my chosen instrument. He's going to suffer for my sake, but you are to pray for him because his sight has been lost. In fact, when he saw the vision of Jesus, he was blinded for three days and he had to be led by people. It was the way he was humbled. But now Ananias tells the disciples, okay, Saul is coming. They're saying, what, Saul? Yeah, yeah but his life has changed. It's like this is, the disciples are saying, no, no, that's the guy who's trying to get us. And Ananias says, no, I received the vision and God said, the Lord said, we need to embrace him. So now you have the disciples kind of questioning, is this even okay? But you have Ananias who's saying, believe me, his life has been changed. So let's look at how Ananias responds when Saul shows up. In Acts chapter 9, verse 17, and Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, talking about Saul, he said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know what Ananias was doing? He wasn't just praying for Saul. 
He was allowing the disciples to see his buy-in into this new person. Ananias was saying to the disciples, listen, if anything, I'm vouching for him. We got to welcome this new person. Imagine if Ananias did not pray for Saul in that way and just said, no, God, I, I know this guy. He's persecuting the church. Imagine if he didn't do that. We might not have most of the New Testament in the Bible. Who knows? But Ananias thought about this new person. Just think about new people. You represent the Lord. You're no longer yourself. You're now his. You belong to him. Yeah, but what about the people I don't get along with? Even more. God says you got to love your enemies. Develop a heart for new people. Do you know that those moments that you encourage someone or, 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 or love upon them is a great life-changing moment? It's for us as well as for the other person. And great life-building moments are, are moments that make your life great. The way we are with other people, that's, that's what makes a great life in your family and beyond. But if we don't develop a heart for new people, we'll only be comfortable with the people that we're comfortable with. And God says, how can I send people your way? How can I send people to new hope? Unless you welcome new people. So he says, develop that heart. Here's the last thing. Develop ways to connect people to the Lord. Just think of creative ways of connecting people to the Lord. We're not, we're not selfish. I think it was Philippians 2.3. I don't know if we read that. I might have to go back. But Philippians 2.3, it says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of yourselves better. Thinking of yourselves, thinking of others as better than yourselves. When you think of others, you're not thinking less of yourself. You're not putting yourself down. You're just thinking of yourself less. You're not putting yourself down. You're not saying you're second class. You're just saying, Lord, I want to I put others first. And you, you got you to think of ways and creative ways of how am I going to think of others? How, am I, how will I connect them to the Lord? I was on the airplane and coming back here to Hilo. And there was this person on the airplane who comes to our church. And as I'm sitting there in, the, uh, in my seat, Heidi was next to me. And there was this other woman. Uh, my friend tells me, he says, hey you got to invite that lady to church. I said, yeah, I, I will, I will. He said, no, you got to invite her. I said, I, I'm going to. And so I'm, I'm trying to think of, okay, how am I going to connect her to the Lord? How am I going to do this? And then he reminded me again, you got to make sure now you invite her to church. And he's kind of looking at her too, like, invite her to church. And so I, I, I was thinking, this guy has such a heart to find ways to connect this woman who we don't know to the Lord to find creative ways. So finally, we, we told her, because she's new to the island, we said, hey, if you need any help, let us know. Here's our website. Here's our number. And uh, if, if you need anything, just let us know. And this is our church number. This is our church website. And that was just another way to connect her to the Lord. Now, I, I didn't lean over and say, do you know Jesus? I, I just didn't find that, that, that situation or the discussion going there. 
you might be different. I just didn't go there. But my prayer was, Lord, may this be one connection closer to you. That it wouldn't be a one-on-one, but it would be many people on one. That she wouldn't be able to escape people just loving on her and then eventually her understanding that there is a God who loves her. Who knows? She could be a Christian. I don't know. But we've got to find ways to connect people to the Lord. One Sunday morning, a, a, a lady came up to me and, and she said, you know, Pastor, I was kind of upset at you last week. And I said, okay. And she said, but, let me, but I'm not anymore. Let me tell you why. I said, well, that's good. You should have started with that first. So she said, last week I brought a friend to church. And you didn't pray at the end for people to receive Christ. And I was so upset because I brought her to receive Jesus. It was the first time in church, and I knew she was ready, but you didn't say the prayer, so I was so upset, and I was angry. And so we went outside. I bought her breakfast, and I was still dealing with this anger. And so we're sitting outside eating breakfast, and she's telling me about her life, and I'm telling her she needs Jesus, and she tells me she wants Jesus. I'm telling her you should know Jesus. And she says, well, I want to, but I don't know how. And it was that at, at that moment that I thought, wait a minute. Why does the pastor have to pray? I can pray. So she said, um, do, you, do you want me to pray for you to receive Jesus? And she said, oh, would you please? And she led her to the Lord in our courtyard. See, when, if we're just thinking of us, we're going to miss those moments. But God says they're all around you. It's all of us put together to think about others. It's, it's not about us anymore. Once we say yes to Jesus Christ... It's about what he wants to accomplish in our world. Be bold. Build others up. Be that kind of people. Be that kind of church. Maybe our one thought is, what sacrifice will I make today so that someone else may benefit? In the book of John, we see Jesus meeting this woman at the well. And she's drawing up water. And Jesus asked her for a drink, and she says, um, You don't have anything to uh, get water with. And he says, you know, if you knew who it was who was asking you for a drink, you would have given to him, and he would have given you in return living water. This water that you're drinking of, you will thirst again, but the water that I give, you will thirst no more. And she says, well, where is this water? I want this water. He says, I am. I'm the fountain of life. And she says, you know, it is said that the Messiah is going to come and he's going to tell us where to worship, whether, whether on this mountain or that mountain. And then Jesus says, you know, there's going to come a day when it's not going to matter what mountain or where you are to worship. But that my Father is going to look for those who worship me in spirit and in truth. And she said to him, oh, yeah, I can't wait for the Messiah. He'll, do, he'll tell us everything. And Jesus says, I am he who speaks with you. And so Jesus says, she says to him, are, are you a prophet? Are you, who, like, who are you? Where are you from? And he says, why don't you go get your husband? And she's like distraught. I don't, I don't have a husband. And he says, you're right. You've had five And the one you're living with is not even your husband right now. And she says, how do you know these things? And so she goes to her village 
And she tells everyone about Jesus. In John chapter 4, verse 28, the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did. And she says this, could this be the Christ? She says that because all her life she's been searching for something to fulfill her heart's desire. Husband after husband, person after person, never being fulfilled, but one meeting with Jesus and, oh, fountains of living water start flowing out of her that she goes to the city and tells everybody about Jesus. Why? Because it was no longer about self. She now developed a heart for other people. She developed a heart to connect people to Jesus. She found a way, even if she had to use her old self testimony, because now it was a new testimony. It was now I want to live for Christ. Some of us say, I can't reach out to Jesus. I, 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 I can't reach out to people for Jesus. You should, you should see my life. You should, know, you should see my past. No one would believe me. Oh, it's not about you. It's thinking about others. Oh, yeah, we risk, just like this woman, she risked going to the city and people saying, why should we believe in you? Look at you. You had, look at all your marriages, all your failures. But it was Jesus who said, you're not a failure. Your marriage may have failed. Your relationship may have failed. You may have gone bankrupt. You may have lost your job. You may have done something wrong. You made a mistake. You may have sinned. But you're not the mistake. You're not the failure. You're my chosen vessel that you're going to be used to introduce people to the Son of God. It's not about us anymore. We've been redeemed renewed and God wants us to think about others because he is too his desire is that none shall perish but every single person come to know him as Lord and Savior that we would repent to change the way we think what's your one thought I pray that today you would have one that we would start thinking of others if we haven't been thinking about others would you pray with me Lord, it's easy to think about self. But today as we learn, you think think about us all the time. We're always on your heart. You thought about us. That's why you went to the cross. You came from a perfect place in heaven to an imperfect place to love imperfect people so that we could have a relationship with the perfect God. You perfect us, not our abilities, not in how well we do things, but you perfect us. And the only way we can think about others if, is, if, is if you're living in us. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, I've never, I've never let Jesus live in my heart. Or maybe you're a believer and you're saying, boy, I, I believe in Jesus, yet I don't live for him. Yeah, I, I, I do good things, but I don't, I don't, I don't walk after him. I don't, I don't talk like how he talks. In fact, I'm ashamed of the things that I do. But it was Jesus himself who said, there is now no no more condemnation. I don't condemn you. You should never be ashamed of who you are in me. That old life is gone. You're a new person. And maybe all of us today, that's our prayer, that we would change the way we think. So Lord, can you help us Renew our minds 
that we would change the way we think, that we would no longer copy the behaviors of this world, but that we would think differently. Give us a a patient heart, one like yours. You're patient with us. Help us to develop a, a heart for new people in our families, in our workplaces, at church, that we would develop a spirit just like yours so that we can connect people with you, to think of creative ways of connecting people with you. It could be point blank of saying, do you know Jesus? It could be in a way that helps people to find you. It could be inviting them to church. It could be giving them tools as a CD or DVD, a podcast, a website, a link to a video, anything, Lord, to connect people to you. That's our prayer this morning, Lord. Thank you for thinking of us. Help us to think about others at the same time. We pray this in your precious name. And if you agree to that, would you say amen to this prayer? Amen. Could we seal it with just this clap offering to the Lord? Lord, we seal it with thanking you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Next week, we're going to be talking about thinking ahead. In fact, we did an interview with Pastor Wayne Cordero that we'll show on video. And it would be a good time for us to, how do we think about what God is thinking about? Because God is always ahead of us. And if we can think ahead, we can be more and more like how Jesus intended us to be. Would you say amen? Let's stand this morning as we conclude our final song. God bless. Oh God, you reign forever.